0: Hey everyone, it's David. Just wanted to make a quick little announcement. In this episode, we say that this is the tenth episode of season two. However, it is only the ninth episode of season two. So we are on episode nineteen. Just wanted to make that little correction. And please enjoy the podcast.
1: Keeping up with friends and family. It's the Heyday
0: Podcast. Haley and David.
1: Hi, y'all. This is the Heyday Podcast, season two, episode ten. I'm Haley.
0: And I'm David.
1: And we are Korean-American siblings just out of college, and this podcast is our way of keeping in touch with you, our friends and family all around the world. Today, we are going to catch up again and answer, actually, uh, quite a few audience questions.
0: Yeah, we have a lot, and thank (laughs) thank you for sending in some questions. We're super excited to answer and talk about them, so let's get started.
1: Yeah, um... Not all these questions are audience questions. Some of them are some that we've threw in there to supplement and kind of fill in some gaps. So um, yeah, let's do it. The first set of questions will be about our school. So the first question is, what time do you each go to work and get home? I'll let you answer first.
0: Um, so I have five different schools, right? Uh, four out of five days, I wake up at 735 And then I leave my apartment at 8.10 and then I get to the bus stop and then, you know, the bus takes anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes to get to my different schools. So that's kind of how it breaks down. And then I have one school that I walk to. Uh, That one I wake up a little bit later because it's just right in town. Um, I leave home by like 8.15 and then it takes 15 minutes to walk there. So that's basically every single day. And then... Uh, every day except one, I leave at 4.30 and I get home usually around 5.25, 30. That's pretty much normal uh, getting home time for me. What about you?
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting, um, a little different. So my schools, like as many standard high schools do, starts at 8.30, ends at 4.30. However, um, I'm usually at school around anywhere between eight to eight 20. Uh, and I live very close to my school. So it's easy for me to commute after school. Um, depending on the day I will leave either at four 30. Usually I leave at four 30 ish, um, four 30 to five or some nights I will stay as late as 8 PM. So that's just kind of how, how it goes. Um, because I do eat dinner at school occasionally if I'm working mm. late. And so there is like a break time of like a half hour in that. Uh, it's not just all work or work and I do get paid, so. Uh,
0: that's good. Well, uh, the one thing that is like an important caveat to what I have is my schools will start before I get there. And so for the most part, they schedule it so that um, I don't teach first period. And in mm. that way, you know, they have maybe 40 minutes of buffer time um, between when I arrive and when I start teaching. So, so that's, it's not as though the schools start at like 10, 10 in the morning, you know, they start earlier than that. It's just, I'm not physically able to get there earlier.
1: Right. I think that's a very important distinction is like, I go to the same school every single day and it's like right next to my house. So I'm expected to be there, um, bright and early every single day, um, regardless of whether I'm teaching first period or not. So yeah. Okay, good. Second question. What do the students study? Um,
0: yeah, in what capacity?
1: I guess like they study everything like they really do. um, But I think it's much more standardized than the U.S. curriculum. Because I remember in high school, I took like a criminal justice class and uh, we learned how to like put on handcuffs and stuff. So I don't think there's anything like that in Korea, Uh, maybe at a very specialized high school. That is training, like a, like a technical high school That is trained for that But like, that's not like a casual elective um, mm. The students all kind of study the same thing It's like math, Korean, two <laughs> foreign languages um, Usually some kind of PE or like physical activity So our school has like a dance uh, studio And so they like do they dance. dance
0: studio? Wow Yeah,
1: yeah, it's wild And then um, they'll study like Different kinds of sciences, but they all send the same type of science. I, I'm not really sure how that works, and uh, uh, and stuff like, like that. And sure. They like career counseling. <laughs> career counseling. They have like a like a. It's called chinlo, jin, chinlo, uh, and it's called like career counseling and, and stuff like that. And so they that's what they pretty much do. Um, there's very limited choice. They get to choose like Japanese or Chinese, and that's the extent of their option.
0: Yeah, mine. Uh, I don't even. Well, we we have different levels. So you're teaching high school and I'm teaching middle school. So uh, in that way, it's, it's curriculum wise, it is going to be a little bit different. So kind of like what you were saying, they have math, um, they study Korean, you know, it's like English for us. Um, they have science. Uh, and then they will have... There's one more. Uh, sometimes they'll have like uh, Chinese characters. They'll have like a class for Chinese characters. Some of my schools have that. Um, but in terms of electives, it there's not a whole lot. At my schools, they will have music. They will have art. They will have uh, some kind of active thing. So one of my schools has ping pong. They have a ping pong room and the students just play ping pong for an hour. Um, there's like soccer and stuff like that and then uh, uh there's there's like a, oh housekeeping they do like housekeeping or like cooking so they have like, like cooking class act. yeah home ec which i wish i wish we had and, oh, also my school has woodworking but i don't think there's a teacher for that right now
1: i so, feel like that's a very um <laughs> very reflective of your rural location
0: i guess uh, but i think that's pretty cool um pretty just, cool. yeah just in terms of electives i you i think you're kind of right it's a little bit more standardized um, than than what we would see in America.
2: hmm
1: Actually, one of my um one of the things I think is most surprising, I'm just gonna throw this in there, mm. is in high school, the students don't move, the teachers do. So like at least in each uh, of our uh-huh, American uh-huh. high school, we would have like periods and you have like 10 minutes between periods to move classrooms. And so you would theoretically, you theoretically could not have the same schedule as anyone else, usually. Like, mm. your schedule wouldn't be identical to anyone else's. The order in which you did the classes. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: In Korea, it's not like that. So, like, the same 25 or so students stay together, and they stay in their classroom, and the teachers move. So, they take the same classes all together at the same time, and the teachers yeah. move classrooms. And so, yeah. teachers have 10 minutes to pack everything up and go between classes. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, Which I think is very interesting. And I mentioned this to one of my teacher friends who teaches at an elementary school and she was like oh that must be so disorienting like how do you make friends and how do you have like a strong bond how with the people in friends? your class <laughs> yeah she asked me this she was like so shocked and i'm like "We like you make friends you hope that you and your friend have similar schedules and you make friends with the people in your class like that's yeah that's kind of how it works
0: yeah yeah, yeah. but for um for elementary and middle school, it's actually even different from what you're talking about. Um, the students are the ones who, <laughs> they they switch between the classes, uh, but, but I have small schools, so that might be a part of it. There's not a whole lot of rooms in mm. the school in the first place, but the students as an entire unit will move in between the classrooms. So they'll go from their homeroom class to your like English classroom and then they'll just be like, hi teacher. And they all sit down and they all leave at the same time and go to the same place. Uh, so except for electives, the electives, they split up and go to different classes, but that's, that's pretty much mine.
1: Yeah. I think that's interesting that they stay together as a unit. So like, if you don't like someone in your class, like you're, you're out of luck, like you're going to be with them all day, every day, constantly. Um, but I think it also really encourages a lot of conformity and like a lot of social, um, I think in Korea we we talk a lot about like social conformity and I yes. think like that starts from the classroom you know and being encouraged to oh, have social yeah. harmony at any cost
0: yeah from the very beginning I mean it is very much because c- I have I have third graders and this is definitely also very situational so this is me speaking to my situation but I have third graders one of my third grade classes there's three students and they're all very close. But I mean, if you have three students in your class, I, I would assume that you're going to be close. Mm-hmm. Um, but that you'll see a lot of small schools like that all over the place because uh, Korea is very insistent upon keeping schools open like that. So that might even be a part of it. But who knows?
1: I, I don't know if it's just that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, one thing I do want to note is that uh, choice, free choice, is very disorienting to my Korean students. Oh Um,
0: yeah, it's, yeah.
1: And and it's actually a nightmare. Like (laughs) they walked into my classroom because I was um, moving them to a different classroom and they were like, teacher, chair. And I was like, what, what do you mean chair? Is the chair broken or is it, is the chair like missing? Do we not have enough chairs? And they're like, teacher seat. And eventually, like I figured out, like they were asking me, teacher, where do we sit? Like, how do you want us to sit? Oh, what order do you want uh-huh, us to sit? Uh-huh. And then they kept on saying chair number. And then they wanted to know because <laughs> they all have student numbers if I wanted them to sit in number order so that they would be like easy to call on. And uh, like, which I get, but like they were so uncomfortable when I was like anywhere. They just kind of looked at yeah, me, yeah. and I was like, oh, okay, we are not dealing. We are not well equipped. <laughs> Mm -hmm. choose our own seats
0: (laughs) yeah i i definitely like ran into that at the very beginning so it was actually my fault um i I was trying to do warm-ups for the students so that they could come in and they could read a prompt on the board and then they would kind of look at that and be like oh i will write a sentence about this like responding to what's your favorite thing you know and they had such a difficult time even with like what's your favorite thing even though Theoretically, they would have the vocabulary for it just because they had to make a free choice and um actually like a week or so ago uh I did a warm up where <laughs> i I was teaching them the slang uh what's the tea I was teaching them that, and I asked them like what do you think spill the tea means and mm-hmm. um I just asked for like free responses they could even respond in Korean, but they had a very difficult time um uh, like having doing responses and just being like oh this is what this means this is what I think it means right there was a few classes that did pretty well and they were very engaged and like super into it but um yeah I think across the board you'll see that the students will sometimes struggle with that kind of stuff
1: very much so to the point where like Korean ki- curriculum because I talked to my fellow Korean teachers and they're all like yeah one of the big things that Korean curriculum is trying to change into is encouraging, um, critical thinking. Mm. And I think like being able to brainstorm and have ideas is part of that. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. There are things that are really strong about Korean curriculum that I think that, um, particularly we're going to speak to American curriculum because Western curriculum is not all the same. There's a Mm. lot of Western countries that have much better curriculums, um, than the United States, but, Speaking to the United States curriculum, I think that it would benefit a lot more from um, having more structure and having uh, a little bit more information <laughs> included in the curriculum. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But that's just, just my thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I said, we're not affiliated with anything. Don't fire yeah. us. Um, okay, we're going <laughs> to move on to the last question for this school section. What does a day in your work life look like?
2: Oh,
0: uh, we already kind of touched on it. You know, you get there early in the morning and then you leave at a fairly reasonable time, I would say. Um, but uh, for the most part, I will have three classes per day. And then the rest of the time that I'm spending during the day will be me desk warming or going to lunch. So, so, in, so and I think this is important to explain to our listeners is desk warming is something that you would not see in America. It like goes against the concept of how you work. Um, so basically desk warming, like even if you finished all your work or if you don't have any classes, you're supposed to sit at your desk and make it look like you're doing work. Even if it's very apparent that you don't have any work, like it, And and so, honestly, especially this week for me, because it's midterms week, and um, one of my schools is having their founder's day, uh, I am going to spend basically every single day desk warming.
1: Yeah, I think, like, the concept of physically being there and just showing up physically Mm -hmm. is, like, super important in Korea, which, like, does not work for us. Because to me, um, being an American, I'm, like... If I have five hours worth of work this week, I don't want to come in. I just want to like come in on Monday, knock out five hours of work, and then, you know, have the rest of my time to myself. But that's not how it works in Korea. Like you need to physically be there, and I'm like.
0: I'm like, I I can waste my time in other ways. I can, you know, I can watch TV or take a nap or something like that instead of trying to make it look productive. However, I will say it's one of the most productive Korean study times for me because I Mm. can't really do anything else. And studying Korean is the most productive thing that I can do. Looking thing I can do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're kind of just like stuck there at this Uh desk and you're like, well, I guess I might as well study Korean because can't watch Netflix. Too obvious. Yeah. And you
0: yeah watching Netflix. Because um, in Korea, there's not really like cubicles for the teacher's offices. None of the none of the teacher's offices I've been to have been like that. It's basically all open. And if you turn around, you can see your coworker watching K-dramas mm-hmm. on their computer while they're working, which I have seen.
1: Oh, 100%. I've seen teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, doing their grocery shopping on coupon, which is a very popular service here because similar to Amazon in the States. Um, I've seen them doing like their grocery shopping like in the middle of the school day. And I'm even
0: like, even oh today I saw another teacher, they had finished grading their exams, but they were like doing clothes shopping, like fashion stuff. And yeah. I was like, yeah, hey, you know what? More power to you. This
1: we're I know you're very busy. Right so <laughs>
0: at least you have free time. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Um, but desk warming, desk warming, me too. I yeah, teach yeah. um anywhere between usually around four classes a day. Um and it it the rest of the time is just like me sitting and trying to look busy. Okay. Moving on to part 2. Part 2 is going to be questions about COVID. Uh big disclaimer, we are we do not claim to be public health professionals or like no. professionals of any sort. So like any information or Things that we say are from our personal experience. They do not reflect like the actual um, views and opinions of like the American or Korean government or like any of their respective health organizations. This mm-hmm. is just what we've experienced, okay? So well, thank you. And,
0: and I think it's also important to uh, talk about, to just even like <laughs> establish that our perspectives on how we should go about this are going to be different, dramatically different from what the Koreans think. And even among the Korean people, it's different. So I think there's a lot of lots of different caveats to this. It's it's definitely um, multifaceted in a very complicated way.
1: Yeah. So instead of like being like, oh, these are this is like the opinion of like even all Americans in Korea or like Mm -hmm. Koreans in Korea. This is just like Haley and David's opinion about what's happening in Korea. (laughs) And and that's it. Um, so with that said The first question is Are Koreans expected to wear masks Everywhere in public Except for eating? Generally
2: yeah, so, yes
0: Yes yes. And, and, and I want to Really quickly Because I think yours is going to be much different from mine And it will be much more representative Of what Korea has going on right now But for me I live in such a country area And there's really not that many cases or people aren't as concerned about it. Like people started freaking out when there was 10 cases like in the entire province, which is like the size of a County. Um, like that, that caused people to like absolutely freak out. Um, and so uh, people wear their masks pretty much everywhere. Um, you know, if, if you're hiking on the mountain, it's kind of physically strenuous. And so sometimes people will take off their masks and, There's really not that many people out there. You might run into one person every 10 minutes or so, and it's a pretty tall mountain. So, you know, I've gone hiking and I've seen that kind of stuff. Um, But for the most part, if you're in downtown, if you're walking around on a public street, you have your mask on. And and that's everybody. Like, everybody has it on.
1: Yeah, I would um, agree. My area, I actually live in a larger city, so, like, our case rate is a a lot higher than yours. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally, people always wear their mask, except when they're eating. And like there's signs at restaurants that say like, when you order and when you eat, before you eat your food and after you eat your food, when you pay your bill, you need to wear your mask. And like non-compliance is fined. Um, and I don't, I have never seen anyone get fined, but like <laughs> it, the sign is there. So yeah. Um, I will say also that it's gotten people, some people are a bit more lax, like especially when they're outdoors. You'll see people mm-hmm. at a park like take off their mask for like pictures and stuff like that. Um, but never to the extent that we experience in the States where people were just walking around without masks. Everybody at least yeah. has a mask with them and will put it on when in close proximity with other people.
2: Yeah. At, and at if a minimum. At a minimum. Yeah, yeah.
1: Most people wear their mask constantly. Um so yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Koreans are expected to wear masks pretty much everywhere except for in restaurants for literally just the time that you're eating. Yep. Question two, what kinds of restrictions are in place as far as social gatherings? So the, the current law, I don't think it changed over the weekend, um, but the current rule is no more than four people in a gathering or five
0: it's groups of five so you can have a maximum of five people in a group um any more than that and somebody will take a photo of you and they will use face tracking to find you
2: (laughs) and fine. yeah
1: it's a thing like the government released this app and you like take a picture if you see groups of like more than like the allotted number yeah and then they like face track you and then they track like your credit card statements and your phone gps and then they like pinpoint you all together and if they do it and you aren't registered to the same address because like People who live together can be in groups of more than five
2: because <clears throat> mm-hmm.
1: some families are larger than five people. But if you're not registered at the same address and they they track you and they find you, you get fined. Like they aren't joking. And then the person who reported you also gets an incentive money. I heard. Um,
0: yeah, it's supposed to be cash. Yeah, it's
1: supposed to be cash. And so, like, mm. they're serious about this. They 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 do not mess around.
0: Um, and it I, seemingly works uh at right now cases are going up but when we say high levels of cases we mean 622 cases new cases in the entire country that's one single day and that was what that must have been friday's numbers cuz testing means that you're a couple days behind so that must have been like friday's numbers for testing which 622 new cases compared to some other places in the world not theoretically that bad but for korea it's bad
1: yeah, for Korea, they're like freaking out. Yeah, um, yeah. I live in a fairly decent-sized city. I would say, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what's going on. Hold on,
0: it's the fine dust. Oh, that—that mm-hmm. that, actually, that's a good segue because you're coughing really <laughs> quick. Because I got a question from one of my friends, and they asked, "Is the air in Korea better than America?" Uh, no. The short answer is no, it's awful here. It sucks. The, yeah, these past two days was the first days that there's a little app um, and it tracks the fine dust in the air. And these past two days were the only two days in like a month that it's been in the green, which is good. And that's like healthy for you to go outside. Um, and
1: breathe without a mask.
0: Yeah. And then any higher than that. So it's like green, orange, red, health hazard it's you know anything higher than green you're really not supposed to go outside and for the majority of the time it's not green
1: so okay but to be fair if it's not green you just wear a mask and the mask blocks most of the particles so like it's called misé in korean Mm. and um sometimes it gets pretty bad and when it's really bad like you will cough and so uh, i think mine is because i've been talking all day but (laughs) (laughs) um, because the air has been good but Uh, it does get pretty bad and like you notice it, like you feel it. So it's good to have an air purifier inside your apartment because like the air quality here, as opposed to like the air quality where we were in the rural area that we were in is vastly different. But I will say that's one of the reasons why I created so well at responding with masks is because like everybody already wore masks because of the terrible air quality here.
2: Mm -hmm. So people were used to it.
1: It wasn't that much of an adjustment. It was just-
0: And they have the- K94 masks which is
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh basically as effective as like the N95 ones or something like that and uh they were like readily accessible and already in production so in terms of like having to start a production it really wasn't that difficult for the Korean like Korea as a country to be able to do that which is which is really smart um right they and, and they're good masks and they look cool they look way better than like
1: the surgeon's oh, the, masks the, yeah the America yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and they come in black. Yeah. Like yeah, the ten pack of the black ones. Oh no, they come
1: in pink too. Have you seen the pink ones?
0: I haven't seen the pink ones. That'll be my next purchase.
1: They're really cool. They're really cool. <laughs> but like like DJ like David was saying, is is it's very um widely and readily available and like there was a point where everybody was buying up masks, like at the beginning. I remember back in like last year April ish, mm. March, April ish, people were panic buying them. And so the government said stop. The government took over every distribution and was like, okay, people with birthdays on this and this month can come to the pharmacies on this and this day and receive masks. And so they like rationed out masks to make sure that everybody would have it available um, and the government took control of that. And it worked really well. Uh, they managed to get it so that people stopped panic buying and they were able to resume just like free and open, receive mm. your masks, go buy them whenever. Um, yeah, yeah. Very soon after.
0: Yeah, so. and like masks are everywhere. You you walk into the Daiso and there's like a stand of them in addition to the, the the entire wall of masks.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I like I just go to Daiso and I get like ten of them. Oh Daiso, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, is like a dollar store, but if a dollar store yeah. were like blended with Target and was really nice. Um
0: Yes. I bought my dishes from there. That's yeah. how nice it is. <laughs> I bought
1: half my cookware from there. <laughs> it's like cheap and it's great and we love Daiso. It's good, yeah. Um yeah, but you can get like I don't know, 10 really nice masks for like 450?
0: I don't even remember. I I'd just buy so. it because it's like I it's not going to be a, like an obscene amount of money.
1: Yeah, and you just got you have to have it. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um moving on to part 3 or wait, no. Question 3, yeah. Question 3. Yeah. What is it like at school with COVID restrictions? I think
0: you should go first because it's it's going to be much more representative of what the rest of the country is like mm-hmm. I have a very different experience
1: I mean you're just pretty much just normal except wear masks
0: yes that's that's all it is well it, actually you know what there was a situation so like Haley said it's I go to school and basically all we do is we wear masks and at lunch at some of my schools um there's dividers like a uh, plexiglass or acrylic dividers that keeps it so that you can't spit in somebody's face that's what it does basically. Um, and then at schools that don't have those, you sit one apart and you're, I mean, they don't really talk at lunch anyways, cause the students just like shovel their food into their bodies and then run out and go play. <laughs> so it, it doesn't really make a difference. Um, and for my students, um, because there's so few cases, they're allowed to kind of like interact normally. Um, so it's very, very normal, but, uh, Because my area has so few cases, when there is a case, they go all out because um, at one of my schools, there was a positive case and I didn't even teach that student that day. But the government mandated that I be quarantined for two weeks, even after my test came back negative and I had to take another exit test on the way out. Uh, Again, Korea is very serious about this. but that's kind of how like my school is. And for the most part, there's not really any problems. I, that's the first case that's really popped up at any school so far, because if there, um, if there was another case, they would make me go get tested just because it's like, um, sometimes I interact with some of the other teachers. That's it.
1: Yeah. I think that is very different. Um, because there have been a couple positive cases at my school and each time they do contact tracing Within the school, and they make sure that everybody who is in contact with that person is negative, and then they let us go. So we're usually mm. only only quarantine for a few days, um, simply because our school is hundred, um, like literally a thousand people, mm-hmm. um, and so it's very hard to quarantine a thousand people, and to provide the support for that.
0: Yeah, and then also to shift to online learning like that, because for me, it's like. It was that that one school that got shut down. My classes maybe I had <laughs> at maximum it's thirty five students, mm-hmm. um, in my classes, and then the staff maybe makes up like fifteen people, you know, um, and so that's only uh, I can't even do math. It was 40, fifty people that are that are being quarantined, right, right, uh, and honestly, it was pretty easy. The students are very cooperative. Um and they Yeah, they get to stay home, well. man. Yeah, they get to stay they're, home. They're loving it. I will say it's not as much a vacation as people think it is. Oh yeah, it's um, definitely not. Because you go from normal human interaction straight into you're you're stuck inside your home uh for two weeks straight. And as much as it like the students are good about it, online teaching is difficult. Um so
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. Definitely. But
0: but you you were talking about like you had a couple um, positive cases and then they like completely shut it down. You you were telling me um, basically on the day that there was that positive case, uh, as soon as it was confirmed, y'all switched to online warning, like online learning within hours. It wasn't even like the next day. It was you pack up your bags, you go home, and then you were online that same day.
1: Yeah. So as soon as we got the call. Um, the students went straight home. Like, they literally were like, take your stuff and go. So oh. if you went into their homeroom classrooms, you could see that they left, like, blankets and books and stuff. They were like, go home now. Um, and then the teachers had an extra hour or two because we needed to, like, wrap things up, finish paperwork, lock doors.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: so, like, but we were we were shut down within a couple hours. And mm-hmm. we shifted to online learning. So, like, that was in the morning. We, like, right, right after first period is when we got the call. So we didn't even start second period and um we were we were completely online class by fourth period um
0: yeah. wild wild
1: yeah so mm. it, it's just the, like how it goes though so now i don't plan any lessons more than a week in advance because <laughs> I, got, I had so many lessons <laughs> just wiped by like this mess up schedule um so yeah it's been it's been a ride but uh, at my school it's very different i think we have to do a lot of temperature checks. We do um, uh, uh-huh. temperature checks like three or four times a day. Mm. Um, our school nurse is very busy. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, taking care of a thousand people uh, is a lot. And so yeah. she does a really, really great job. Um, we like constant hand sanitizer. Uh, students have to be distanced in the classroom, but they ignore that. They don't really listen. So the teachers have kind of given up a little bit. Um <laughs> we have dividers yeah. at lunch too <laughs> yeah.
0: my students are literally like punching each other and like doing sprints down the hallway and like some of these kids uh, the way they the way they wear masks is like the PSA for how to not wear your mask <laughs> it's really funny um but only because it's like not that serious where I am that's the only reason why it's like okay for them to kind of do that kind of stuff um and uh you know uh these are kids and as much as you can yell at them, especially some of my middle school boys, they go straight back to what they were doing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. It's really difficult to try and make sure that they're like staying safe because it's also very difficult for the students to have to, um, you know, interact in a way that's different from what they would normally do. It's like, they're very social and they're very like personal. Um, And physically affectionate, that's, like, something that happens in Korea is they, you know, you know, boys, like, hugging each other and, like, sitting on each other's laps and, like, doing that kind of stuff, not just punching each other is Mm -hmm. very, very normal. Um, And so having to physically distance yourself is uh, very different and it kind of goes against, like, the cultural norm. And you'll see a lot of students, you know, uh, they might be walking down the sidewalk with their arms locked you know mm-hmm. you'll see even you see some of the, like the boy students doing that that's just how it is here
1: mm-hmm. yeah i i would agree i think it's very hard to like undo some of these culturally ingrained things mm-hmm. um but i also think like in many ways these students see each other and spend more time with each other more so than their families so at that's some true. point it's kind of like you're living in the same house with these people because like as we said before, they don't switch like classes, so they're together with the same group of like thirty students all day every day for eight to ten hours, depending on like what kind of school you go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then sometimes yeah. more. Sometimes more one, if you go to a the high same school. One, yeah. Yeah, if you go to the if you go to the same hug one, which is like interestingly enough, hagwons are where the hotspots have been popping up because they have kids from different schools coming together. Mm-hmm. So it seems like when the schools are isolated from each other, it's a lot easier to control, as opposed mm. to like when they go to Hagwon or after school academy um, and they yeah. meet kids from other schools. So, um, but like everybody is very good about wearing masks. The students are really good about it. Like if I see their mask like slip down below their <laughs> nose, I kind of look at them and I'm like, "Mask, mask!" And they they pull it up immediately. They kind of like they might give me an eye roll because they're high school girls, <laughs> but like. They, they they always comply. Uh, I've never had yeah, a problem yeah, with yeah. a student being like, yeah. no, I don't want to wear a mask. Um, they know that they have to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, that's what it's like at school with COVID restrictions. And so with that, we're going to shift to our last category. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions or maybe one or two. And then you have a list of questions. Um, I have tons of well. questions
0: from my friends. Yeah. yeah. But I, I'm not going to ask them all because... There was easily fifty questions, and we don't have time for that. You have to go do something. <laughs> but um, yeah, let's let's go ahead and get started.
1: Yeah. Um. What have What is something that you've found really fulfilling about your experience in Korea so far?
0: Uh. <laughs> before we started, <laughs> we were go- we were running through this the um the questions that we had, and I was like, "That's not a question that I think about." Uh, honestly, <sighs> but um, I I think two years ago I established as like my new year's resolution that I wouldn't pass up on opportunities just because like it was difficult or it was hard or because for me personally, I really care about what people think of me. Mm. And so when I'm in a situation where it kind of feels like um, <laughs> that might not be the case where people don't really like me uh, for me, it's very difficult to kind of stick in that situation and definitely at some of my schools it's like the co-teachers are super nice and they're always they're they're welcoming to me but there's also some schools where like my main teachers aren't especially um how do you say interacting with me but mm-hmm. some a lot of the other teachers are are very kind and like receptive of me and, and so that's that's difficult um but I'm glad to say that like so far I've stuck with it and like you know, I'm always gonna work hard and try my best and uh, make sure that I do this, but um yeah I, I I am glad that i've I've stuck with this, and I really enjoy working with the students, like above all else, during quarantine, the thing I missed most was like interacting with my students and being like, "Yeah, good job or like, why are you?" <laughs> I say, "How are you?" And they say, "Hungry, happy, tired." Angry, sad, one of those. <laughs> it's, it's the same, it's formulaic. They will answer with one of those if you ask a Korean student, how are you? They won't say it's going good or anything like that. They will say, I'm happy, I'm hungry, I'm sad.
1: They tell you exactly how they feel. But yeah, actually, so the older generations, like I would say like the high schoolers now huh. grew up with the same curriculum. So there's like a standardized national curriculum for English and the standard answer to how are you is fine, thanks, and you? In that <laughs> intonation, like, every single time, it kills me. Every single time I ask that and the students don't know what to say, they say, fine, thanks, or fine, thank you, and you? And, with that mm-hmm. intonation. And I'm like, yeah. I'm breaking them of that habit. I've taught them, like, what's up? How's it going? Like, I'm, I'm yeah, so breaking them from
0: that. I, I taught my students, how's it going? Um, but only because my co-teacher let me. Like, my co-teacher wouldn't let me teach them what's up because she thought it was too casual. <laughs> <laughs> but she let me teach them how's it going. Um, But I think what happens in between your students and mine is, well, at least between me and my students is there's a miscommunication and it's not like their fault for misunderstanding because this is what the book taught them. But they think, how are you means that they should respond with their actual current state as opposed mm-hmm. to like one of those scripted answers that even if you're you feel like trash that day you're like i'm great i'm good how are you know that kind of crap Uh,
1: but listen i'm down with that i want to know how they're feeling every day like yeah
0: of course i think it's
1: a i think it's a great change i'm down with that plus uh, one for terrible (laughs) korean english but,
0: but if they if they say they're angry or they're sad i always ask them why they're or they're angry or they're sad. Or if they say they're hungry, right after lunch, I look at them and I'm like, why are you hungry? We just ate lunch. <laughs> and they'll be like, hungry teacher.
1: <laughs> they tell me the same thing too. And I'm like, how are you hungry? Literally the lunch ladies at our school, like serve portions by the fistful. Oh my gosh. There's like yes. like six fistfuls of food on your plate. And I'm like, how are you hungry? Yeah.
0: How are you hungry? hungry. And they're like,
1: teacher no dessert and i'm like oh my gosh there was no like dessert. fruit juice that was your dessert it's and they are so like sad. no teacher we want it, it, it's it's called choco bang <laughs> it's like chocolate like a chocolate yeah. cake kind of breadish yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. and they're like teacher we want choco bang and i'm like no
0: <laughs> you're spoiled
1: no you're not getting choco at school <laughs> yeah,
0: this is, it's ridiculous i mean the kids are so funny uh it's I, I really love uh, interacting with the students. Again, that's that's, I say that's one of the most fulfilling parts. It's just like working with the students, even if you're not teaching them, you know, cause those are two very separate things, mm-hmm. you know, interacting with your students is very fulfilling.
1: I, I would agree. Like I actually yeah. desk warmed for like two or three days straight last week. And then I finally got to teach a class. Yeah. Um, and it was just so nice to be back in the classroom. Like, oh
0: yeah. hundred percent.
1: They, they breathe life into you um
0: well i don't know some of the students okay some of them do some of them don't
1: you know like (laughs) but i i I think the interactions are just so funny um yeah and sometimes i laugh and then they laugh with me and they don't really understand why i'm laughing but they think it's hilarious that i'm laughing so
0: yeah
1: and then they just have a good time
0: (laughs) and and a lot of times it's like it's really not their fault because they're just responding with what they've been taught and so when you have like a, a a limited grasp of something you know it's it's going to turn out humorous it's to, to some degree mm-hmm. it's and it's really not their fault sometimes they just do certain things here's here's one i was teaching my third graders and the unit was stand up and sit down uh so they were kind of doing that kind of stuff and i was playing a simon says game where one of the students stands at the front and says like stand up sit down uh open the box close the box whatever in Korean, there's no sound, right? That's a fricative sound mm-hmm. and does not exist in Korean. So a closer approximation is shh. Mm-hmm. So when you have students who can't say the s sound, saying the shh sound, when they're saying, sit down, you know what's happening. <laughs> and these students are like spamming it. <laughs> I, they're just like shouting at the other students. And you and your co-teacher at the back of the classroom, like we... You don't have to stop them, but it's that kind of stuff happens all the time.
1: Oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Because my students are usually to the point where they don't make that kind of mistake.
0: But no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they're older, but these were like third graders. They're literally, what, like eight years old? It's, it's so funny. It's so funny.
1: Oh, I wish you could take recording recording, and like yeah. record the music. <laughs> oh, so great.
0: Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff is hilarious.
1: I think we both agree that, like, the most personally fulfilling part has been the students.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, and so that's fun. why you're here anyways.
1: Yeah, that's why I, that's, I think why we're here. I think some other people might not have come for the same reason, but... Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah that's fair. Yeah. But it's if, if, I think um, there's a lot of teachers here who come and they really enjoy working with the students and, like, their priority is their students. Um, of course, again, not everybody, but you will see a lot of teachers who really care about their students. And it's good. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they're, they're so cute that you can't help but care about them. Oh, so. uh,
2: yeah.
1: Okay. So let's go on the opposite spectrum of that. Um, what has been the most difficult part about your time in Korea so far?
0: Okay. this I think this, <laughs> <laughs> this one's pretty easy. Uh, it, it really has to do with, um, I guess, like my identity as a person because... Mm-hmm. Not just related to school, but interacting with people in general, um, there's this like automatic assumption that as soon as they see me, and the way I dress isn't necessarily like wholly Korean, but it, you could be, you'd be forgiven if you thought that I was a whole, completely Korean person just by looking at me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of times I'll like walk into, I shop or something like that and they'll start talking to me in Korean and I have to like, just straight up be like, I don't speak Korean well. Like, this isn't going to work if you try and speak to me in Korean because I won't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, But also for my students is like, because it's a rural area, they don't really understand the concept of a Korean American person because their initial reaction and they don't, they've never really met foreigners before other than language teachers is if they look Korean, they are Korean, and they speak Korean, and they act like a Korean, their whole entire being is Korean. And so almost none of my students could grasp the concept of somebody who looks Korean, but doesn't act like a Korean, and doesn't sound like a Korean, and honestly can't understand a whole lot. Now, there are a few students who you know i understand what they're saying and they're very convinced that i'm a fluent speaker and they will try and get korean out of me very persistently Mm. um but as a whole um just trying to like deal with looking like something that you aren't that's i think that's pretty difficult um and there's a few other things but that's probably the biggest one what about you
1: I I want to comment on what you said just uh, before I talk about like what my most difficult time has been. Mm. Um, I was reading a research article the other day and basically these people had theorized that the people who had lived abroad for a extended period of time had a stronger self uh, sense of self identity simply because like living in a different culture living in a different place that is vastly different from the culture and, and like, environment that in which you grew up forces Mm -hmm. you to constantly reevaluate, um, things about yourself and decide whether they are a product of just your environment or whether they're actually you. Um, and Mm -hmm. so I think that like, it reminded, what you said reminded me of that, where like we are constantly faced with our Korean American identity and I've never made so much progress in like understanding my Korean American identity as I have in Korea, not just because, um, Like, of course we are in Korea, we are learning about the culture, but I think also because living in somewhere that is not the United States and specifically the area of the United States that we are from, uh, really forced me to constantly uh, ask myself questions that I had avoided in the past. And I think that was really, um, difficult, but also helpful in reestablishing like who I am and who I want to be. So I will say that, um, and I will say that it Hmm. gets easier. Like the more that you ask yourself these questions or like these questions are forced on you, the easier mm-hmm. it gets to answer them. And um, I think that's true for identities of of any shape or size, you know, like mm-hmm. not just cultural mm-hmm. identity or like ethnic identity, but um, any identity, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: really key to be in a situation where you are questioning that, because um, mm-hmm. it really, you know, weeds out the things that aren't really you, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my most difficult thing has been a lot of the isolation from COVID. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. like we
1: were very isolated back in the United States, but like you and I were constantly together. Um, so now like living alone, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I actually, I like it. I do like it because I like having my own space, but at the same time, um, it's, it, it can feel very, very isolating. To mm-hmm. not have people to constantly just be like, hey, five minutes, let's go do this. Um,
0: yeah, let's go sit on the couch instead of sitting in our room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think like, like no, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You know what I mean? Like having someone yeah. to just be like, hey, let's go do this instead of like, now mm-hmm. I have to make plans with friends like weeks in advance um, to mm-hmm. even get to see them for a couple of hours. So. I think that's been a little bit difficult. I think adjusting has been difficult. Like when I think about it, um, it hasn't been that long since we've been in Korea, and so like. Just, yeah.
0: Yeah. Really. Yeah. You know, like it's only it's it's barely been two months of us on the job, mm-hmm. yeah, which which boggles my mind because it feels like it's been a, like an entire year already. Um, yeah. But no, I I 100 agree with you. That's like another really difficult thing, and especially for me because it's like if I bring home a case like myself, it's very, it has a much bigger impact on the students because they're so used to being able to interact with each other. And um, for me personally, I think it's like a huge disservice to them uh, as a teacher because it's so much better when they're able to learn in person. Um, And it it also inconveniences a lot of my co-teachers just because I wanted to, you know, go visit a friend or something like that. So, my travel has been very, very sparse. And I think as a result, um, it makes it very difficult, uh, socially. Yes. Yes. I agree.
1: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. but that's not to say that we're very isolated. Like I think in the same way that we were keeping in touch with people when we were in the States, we are still keeping in touch with people here. Um, time zones make it a little bit difficult to keep in touch with our yeah. friends and family back in the States. But, uh, we, I would think we each have, um, a very particular and supportive network here in Korea, um yeah yeah, yeah. which has been really nice, so yeah, okay, it, yeah,
0: oh yeah, yeah, I think one more one more really quick thing is, um another thing that's been difficult for me is <laughs> battling with complacency, mm. so one thing that I've kind of tried to conceptualize is um learning about the culture. Because when you're a foreigner living in another country, there's, I think, in terms of your approach of learning about the culture, and a culture will include the language as well, it's, you can kind of fall into this learned helplessness where you become passive, and you're not really engaged in learning, and you don't really want to learn because it's And in a way that's comfortable, even though there's lots of uncomfortable situations, once you hit a certain point of learning, there's an expectation that comes from the natives that you know more, right?
2: Mm.
0: And for me, that's really difficult because it's kind of like, do I want my co-teachers to know that I understand them? Because in that way, they would expect more from me and Mm. I would have to learn more. And there would be more situations where they would feel let down Because it's always better to like set the expectations low and then surprise them, right? But then once you surprise them, they expect more from you. Mm. Um, And so, in that way, it's very difficult for me to say, like, yeah, I want to keep learning Korean because it's also really easy to just sit at my desk and not have anybody talk to me, you know?
1: I actually deeply relate to that. That was my exact situation my first Uh year Uh here. So, like, no one at the beginning when I first got there, I spoke little to no Korean. And so, everybody just kind of worked on the assumption that, like, I didn't know Korean. And so yeah, the yeah. only people I would interact with are people who also spoke English.
2: Yes, which was yes.
1: good because, like, they are very, like, kind and accommodating, but I didn't learn as mm-hmm. much as I could have. So, like, mm-hmm. this year coming in and with the teachers knowing that, like, A, I want to learn Korean, and B, I already speak a conversational amount of Korean or, like, low conversational night and day. Um,
0: yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I'm so
1: much more involved. I, like, get involved in meetings. I help translate for... Um, the other native teacher at my school, like I, I, I am not fully functional at all by any sort of the <laughs> imagination, but I'm, I'm a lot more functional than the average native teacher. And my co-teacher, um, has like said before, like she appreciates that because she doesn't have to babysit mm. me. So like, mm-hmm. if I need to get like a uh, login information for my computer, cause like Korean logins are ridiculous. I just go to the technology <laughs> teacher by myself. My co-teacher says, like, oh, yeah, she's she's there. She checks out the computer. She's there. Go get her. Um, and I go, and I solve the problem myself, because I can tell them mm. exactly what I need. And so mm. those kinds of things have made life a lot easier. But with that came a lot more work. Like, I have to yeah. write certain lesson plans in Korean, um, <laughs> fill out documents in Korean. Like, I do stuff by myself. My co-teacher doesn't help me, because she knows mm-hmm. I can do it by myself. It'll be yeah more stressful and difficult on me but I can get it done, so.
0: Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. It's, it, it's not just like your dependence on yourself and like being able to do things. It's also just like your social interactions with your co-teachers. Because mm-hmm. when, uh, and, I, and I've had this happen a few times, it's usually with people who are giving me rides home, right? <laughs> because we live so far out, taking the bus sometimes isn't an option because sometimes school will end before the last, or school, and after the last bus goes. Um, And so, you know, I have to get rides home from teachers, and you're sitting in the car with them, and five minutes pass, and you have an hour left on your ride, (laughs) and you're like, this is painful to just sit here. (laughs) So you have to be like, because they don't speak any English, and you have to be like, can I, and, and this is like a very nice way to kind of get asked i guess you're you're asking like can i practice korean with you but in reality you're saying please end this it's, it hurts me <laughs> so so uh but the the reaction that they have to you um putting yourself out there and even trying to speak korean because because a lot of times like the kind of conversations you have with a non-native speaker are pretty scripted and on rails. Like the topics that you're able to cover are pretty predictable. So it's like, where's your family? Where did you come from? What kind of music do you listen to? You know, what, what is your job? How long have you been working your job? That kind of stuff is pretty easy. Um, but even still, it's like you create this social interaction that makes the, it changes the atmosphere. It makes it much easier for you and your co-teachers. So um, I would say in that way it's worth it for me like putting myself out there because mm. a lot of times it's just awkward and you're like and, and in other ways I just don't want them to baby me because for the most part I think like a lot of these things that the the teachers talk to me in English about they could just tell me in Korean and I would understand it because it's so simple mm. um but it's very difficult to kind of be like can you just tell me that in Korean because if you don't understand then it's like awkward because you ask them to
1: say it in korean yeah
0: okay um
1: yeah. um with you that have, you have some questions right um y-
0: yes yes i was gonna say with that i'm gonna move on to uh to move on to the next let's question. do let's
1: do this lightning round let's do like one minute per question because i feel like you have a oh lot. yeah
0: we got to keep it we got to keep it fast um uh, one question that's really really important and i think you can figure out who it's from uh do you miss stephanie of course Of course. Yeah, me too. Uh, Honestly, it's I think we talked about this earlier. It's really difficult to keep in touch with friends and family as much as they are like supportive and they're down to call whenever that whenever is dramatically like that window is dramatically smaller because you have three hours that overlap when you're awake and it's a decent time and you're not working. It's very difficult.
1: It's nice you love um, that, and particularly Stephanie. Shout out to Stephanie. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, she works herself way too hard. Uh, shout out Stephanie. So, um, why do you dress better than Americans? And I want you to address this in like a cultural perspective.
1: Why do you dress better than Americans? Is this particularly like, aimed w- to you, or is this like no
0: you? Me? Well, it was asked to me, but it's like Koreans in general. Like, why do Koreans in general dress better?
1: Because of social conformity. Like, if you'll you'll notice mm. that their style is better, but it's all the same style, and so like yes. They dress better because they get judged hardcore if they don't. Like, I never go to work without makeup on because I will get judged and I know it. So
0: they they drop the, are you sick? Are you okay? Are you okay?
1: Yeah. Are you feeling all right? Do you need to go to the hospital? Mm. I'm like, nope, just didn't wear makeup today. Gotta wear mm. makeup. So that's part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um We kind of addressed this earlier, but is there a clear difference in the way education is taught in Korea than in America? And you have a better understanding of this than I do because you've been here longer.
1: 100%. Korea, if I had to boil it down, Korea, memorization, US, not great education system, but I guess they're more focused on problem solving. Free thinking? Free thinking. Critical thinking.
0: Critical thinking. Critical thinking. thinking. Think about it. They always have like the critical thinking section in your book and it's like, synthesize, synthesize, I forgot that's a thing. They always had synthesized sections. I hated it.
1: Yeah, I would say (laughs) Korea more focused on rote learning, lots of um, teacher talk time, which is not Mm, ideal mm -hmm. in a language learning classroom. Whereas I think in the US they focus more on critical free thinking and um, and having the students be more like proponents of like moving the class forward.
0: Um, To America's own detriment sometimes, but in, 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 in other ways it's very productive because. Um, You create people who are able to think freely and it's also very cultural because it's like it stems from individualism and like this pull yourself up by the bootstraps and do yourself thing. Um, Do people look at you slash act differently because you're a foreigner? Important caveat. They look at me and they don't see that I'm a foreigner, but they talk to me and they realize that I'm a foreigner. It's becoming less and less frequent that people realize that I'm a foreigner. Because their mind is so, like, set on... He looks Korean. He's Korean mode. And even if they hear me speak, they don't even notice. Because it's, like, mm. very simple. It's usually at cafes.
1: I usually get away with it. um mm. Because unless I'm having... I can usually get through about five minutes of conversation before they're like, you're not from here, are you? Yeah, um yeah. I can't even do that. <laughs> and so once they ask me that, and they're like, oh, well, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> like kyo po Like, my parents are from the States. Yeah. And they're from Korea. They are like fans. They, they are so interested. They're so curious. <laughs> I've had like 30 minute long taxi rides where the taxi driver just like wants to know everything about my life because he's like, oh my gosh, I've never met a couple before.
2: Yeah. yeah they get uh, they get
1: very interested, I think in Korean Americans in general. Um, if you're any other type of Asian, uh, there's, a, yeah. this is a topic for another time, but there's a lot huh. of um, racism uh, within the country towards other Asian countries. So that's a topic for another time. We will cover that. Maybe, uh, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) maybe not. And and
0: in Korea, it's so homogenous that even for me, who is from America, you get so used to seeing the exact same thing every single day. Like we talked about this. Cars are the same. People dress the same. They have the same haircuts. People look the same. Buildings look the same. Everything looks so similar that when you see something that's different. Like maybe somebody who's like white or like somebody who's South Asian, you like you stare. And I thought that would never happen to me, but I do because it's so different from the ordinary. And I think it would happen even if I wasn't Korean because it's, it's a mental thing and you see these patterns. And when something sticks out of the pattern, you notice.
1: Oh yeah. Like I went to Korean barbecue with my friend uh, the other week and uh, these, this, this, foreign group of like foreigners walked in and we were just, I just kept on like looking over at them, looking over at them because I was like, oh my gosh, foreigners. And finally my friend was like, (laughs) Haley, stop looking, stop staring, just eat. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. But the thing about seeing other foreigners is like, I really want to go up and talk to them. But the thing is they would be really confused because they would think that I'm a Korean person yeah and they'd be like why does this random korean person talk to me and i'll be like no 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 i'm from i'm from america too i i'm struggling just like you
1: (laughs) i'm also a foreigner yeah um but yeah okay so we gotta move on to the next question because we've definitely spent more than a minute okay
0: oh yeah that was way too long um uh we talked about that one let's see we already talked about that one too what is one thing you wish you knew before going to korea
1: you go first because mine is a little harder
0: I had one and I forgot it, but this was like a few days ago. Um, Oh, for this is very specific. It's the job. I wish I knew the job was harder um, (laughs) and I wish I knew I was going to have five schools because I I definitely went in with the mindset that I was like, because it's kind of, you go in and it's difficult because it's a completely different job, but at the same time, it's like, oh, you're going to have fun with the students and stuff like that. I didn't realize I would be staying up until 2 a.m. every single night doing lesson plans. That's my life right now and as much as i love working with the students it's really hard like this is really hard for me
1: yeah i i think that's a really big thing that people some people underestimate or some people overestimate is like the job
0: yeah it's also random too because i definitely got the short end of the stick compared to a lot of other people
1: yes that that's also very true that is also yeah. very true um i think for me the biggest thing that i wish i would have known is about the expat community or like just the mm. foreigner community in general. I wish I had known about like the Facebook groups and the online community because it's really helpful to look for information there. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, did I not tell you? I definitely told you. You never
0: told me this. I, I, so. I definitely
1: mentioned this. But like <laughs> the online and Facebook communities are so helpful. And I think that if I hadn't researched a little bit and uh, looked on those forums a little bit more before coming to Korea the first time, I would have been so much better off. This time, around mm. two, I really don't think there's anything that I needed to know before coming to Korea. Like, I have been generally well-prepared. I know what's going on. I know what I'm doing. I know the job. I know the people. I have a community here. So this time is not nearly as bad. But last time, I wish I had known about the community more. Um,
0: mm, that's fair. Luckily, the, there was kind of like an infrastructure of teachers. Because where I live, there's five other teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the previous teacher who lived in my actual room was... They get left me their cacao talk and was like, ask me if you have any questions. And that was really helpful. <clears throat> um, I'll keep it short. Two more questions. Uh, how much does it cost to live there?
1: Not as much as in the States. If your mm-hmm. housing is paid for, housing is the most expensive thing.
0: Yes. And one thing, basically everything here is cheaper. The bus, taxis. Um, let's see what else. Food in general is cheaper. However, fruits. Fruit, fruit. you get paid less, but fruit is very expensive here. Yeah. Um, It for at least in my small town, for like a five pack of oranges, it'll be like six bucks.
1: Okay. Not that much.
0: No, but that's the thing. Like out here, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Cause like the fruit
1: gets imported for like from certain areas of Korea. So, like if you live in a rural area, you're, yeah. Um, I, I think it doesn't take nearly as much as in the States. I think if you were working like a remote job from a US company and um were was receiving a US like US standard salary, you mm. would have a much better standard of living here in Korea. Um it's very easy 100%. to live comfortably, uh if your housing, like I said, if your housing is taken care of or, or if you're renting.
0: Yeah. It, healthcare is way cheaper. I had a friend. Oh, yeah. Uh um she hurt herself pretty severely. It was an ankle related injury goes in same day. X-ray doctor. Um, doctor, what is it? I don't know. The doctor tells you stuff about your body. I don't know. I forgot what it's called.
1: Evaluation.
0: Uh, evaluation. Diagnosis? <laughs> diagnosis. That's it. Diagnosis. <laughs> the um, doctor tells me the, stuff
1: about your body. <laughs> what are we playing here? Like taboo? <laughs> <We're> like... <laughs> yes. Yeah, taboo.
0: Um, and they got a cast and they left and in America, that would have been an obscene amount of money. Here, it was same day and $75. Mm. Wild. And they went back for a, another evaluation and then they finally got the cast off. It was, I mean, it was super affordable. Um, So standard of living, I would say way better. And people are just healthier here. It's just the lifestyle. I will you, say. You walk more. Mm. That's
1: true. I do get my 10,000 steps in every single day. Um, yep. I will say the other thing is like, life in Korea is super, super, super comfortable if you have a foreigner based salary and you speak a decent amount of Korean. That's like the, mm, the, yeah. the golden trio, like.
0: Or you live in a big enough city where there's people who speak English.
1: Yes, that's the other, but like Seoul is yeah. super expensive. That's pretty much the only yeah. place where you're gonna get people to consistently speak English. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cause I speak Korean all the time, so. Okay, uh, I think I final uh, question. D-
0: d- the Last one, last one. So, craziest thing a Korean kid has ever said to you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, while you're thinking, I'll go ahead and like throw one out there. So, this was my first day. I was at my boys' middle school. I'm standing there. Co-teacher says, if you have any questions for the new teacher, ask them now and I'll translate for you. Um, I have a student. He goes, teacher... Stomach muscle, and I'm like, excuse me, and he's like, stomach muscle. I was like, abs, and I pointed at like my abs, and he's like, yes, stomach muscle, and I'm like, y- I guess. Okay, <laughs> 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 that's 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 pretty up there. Um, and then also the sit down incident. That one is fu- so that's, funny. That sounds. Um, oh, that
1: sounds great.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of. You, you go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah.
1: So a really common question in Korea is like, "Are you married slash Do you have like a significant other?" That's like a really yes. common question that they strangers will ask you. So one time I was like teaching class and they were like, "Teacher, are you married?" And I said, "Oh no, no, I'm not married." And then they were like, "Teacher, divorced." <gasps> <laughs> And I was like, I didn't no, see that coming. no teacher has never been married. What are you saying? <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, okay, and, Oh my gosh. That's that kind of stuff where Koreans are confused by your age happens a lot if I, I think specifically for us, because we're korean but we're technically young for the positions that we hold like mm-hmm. we're we're young 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 we wouldn't even really be able to have these positions if we were korean by okay. korean standard yeah if we were korean korean like i am 6 years younger than the youngest co-teacher that i've met mm. and they're like fr- straight out of college first year on the job um th- i'm 21 and a lot of times like either my either the other teachers will think I'm a student or they'll think I'm like 27 or something like that. Um, because I fall into just like a weird space where I'm way younger than, than what is the norm.
1: Like if you were a Korean Korean uh, person, you would probably be doing your military service right now.
0: I, yeah. Um, Yeah. Because my, my co-teacher has a son who was born uh, a year after and he's doing his military right right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get the same thing where like they don't know how old I am. But I am older than you, so like I am the same age as. um, I think one of the teachers that in the school is like one year older than me, but I am the youngest. Um, Mm -hmm. And it it has a lot to do with like how the Korean education system works and the university system works. But uh, speaking of age, I do want to do my fun fact. Are you ready? Oh yeah,
0: go ahead. Uh, That ties in really well, actually. Yeah. Haley's fun fact. I think about that.
1: Haley's fun fact. Yeah. Uh Korean age is calculated differently from American age. In Korea, you are born 1 year old and mm-hmm. turn another year old on New Year's. You can calculate your Korean age by subtracting the year you were born from the current year and adding 1.
2: Okay,
0: okay, I have a better way to do this. It's it's the age that you're turning this year plus 1. So, That's true. This yeah. this year I'm turning 22. So it's plus one, I'm 23 in Korean age.
1: Right. Um, Yes. If you haven't had a birthday, you add two. If you have had your birthday already, you add one uh, from your international age. So like when people tell you your age in Korea, sometimes they'll tell you like an obscenely high age. And I'm like, there's no way you're that old. But then you have to just remember that they are up to two years older than what you would consider them an international age. Um, Mm -hmm. So the easiest way to do it is just by asking them their birth year. Uh, that's what I often yes. do. Is like when people ask me how old I am, I just say a birth year because then usually they know that like international age is different than Korean age. So they'll be like, "Oh, is that your yeah, international age yeah. or Korean age?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "We're gonna skip all this. Here's my birth year," um which is a very common way of telling age. So, yeah, it just works out. um But yeah, that's the fun fact. If you didn't know, you know now. So cool. cool. Yeah,
0: now you can tell your friends that you're two years older. And you can establish dominance and force them to speak politely with you. Um, Okay, this is this is something that I found interesting. Is I have Korean American friends who are here with me, and they um, they're at most four years older than me, but we kind of fall into that same range. But um, Stephanie too, Stephanie too, she's older than me, you know, but. By Korean standards, I would be speaking politely to them, but all of them because we met on kind of like American terms, like we speak English with each other and stuff. They're all like, "Oh, speak speak casually with me. Like you don't have to do that." And it feels weird when I speak politely to them. Mm. It's just different. It's just interesting how that kind of lines up.
1: Yeah, it it is interesting. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And on that note, uh, I'm going to wrap us up. So this has been the Heyday Podcast. Remember, if you have any comments, ideas, or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us for this 10th and final episode of oh my season gosh. two. We did season two. But
0: that took forever. Though. It, did, it took forever. I really did.
1: <laughs> uh we will see you after our break in season three
2: um annyeong. Annyeong.
1: <laughs> this podcast and the views and opinions expressed within are the sole views and opinions of the creators and are not associated or affiliated with the fulbright program or the u.s department of state